Hello and welcome back to Crunch Time Chronicles, episode two. And today we're going to be going through the Sweet 16 matchups. We've had a lot of madness so far this March and the NCAA and the NCAA tournament. And then we're going to be going through some NFL free agency as well. So uh, here we go. All right, yeah, let's get started with the story of the tournament so far. Oral Roberts uh, University making it to the Sweet 16, uh, the second 15 seed ever to reach that point. Um, this is a really good team. I want to hear what you guys think about them going up against uh, Arkansas next round. Um, I think that Oral Roberts has had an, a very impressive run. Um, they get a lot of three-point shots up on the board. And I think they'll face well against Arkansas. Arkansas is a really good team, and they get out in transition. And I think Oral Roberts has to stick to their game plan if they have any shot in winning this one. And I hope that they can keep their Cinderella story keep uh, on running. Yeah, um, obviously the duo of Max Azmus and um, O'Banner have been incredible. Uh, they've combined for like 113 points in the first two games. And uh, they're going up against a good Arkansas team who gets out uh, and runs a lot. And uh, I think the keys for Arkansas is going to be, if I was Arkansas, I'd play sort of like a triangle in two and follow Max Azemus and O'Banner everywhere they go and force them to put the ball in the hands of the other role players and make the other players beat you. So I think that's Arkansas's best bet. And for Oral Roberts, just keep riding the momentum and keep shocking the world. Yeah, I think Eric Musselman and um, Paul Mills have been really good coaches as well. And they both want to win games in this tournament. So seeing them go up against each other as from a coaching standpoint should be fun to watch. Um, speaking of coaches, Jim Beheim and his son, Buddy Beheim, um, their Syracuse team has been playing exceptionally well. They're into the Sweet 16 going up against Houston. Um, Buddy Bayheim has been putting up crazy numbers. Uh, what do you think about the Syracuse team? I think that they can beat this Houston team. Houston had a hard time scoring against Rutgers early on in the game, and they kind of got bailed out towards the end. They, they're they a very good defensive team, but I think Buddy Bayheim is going to be able to shoot the ball well, at, like he has been this whole entire run for Syracuse. And I think that Houston's going to really struggle with the zone defense that Syracuse runs because they're not really used to facing it. Um, that's why Syracuse sometimes struggles in the ACC because they all know how to play their zone defense. But I really want to see the story of Bayheim and his son. Yeah, Syracuse has surprised some people. Uh, I think the game against West Virginia was very fun to watch. Uh, McNeil and Bayheim trading blows from deep and uh, – Houston was able to get by Rutgers, and uh, Houston has Quentin Grimes, who's a really good shooter as well. So I think this will be definitely a good game, and um, I'd love to see Syracuse win this. All right, another trend we're seeing is the Pac-12 Conference of Champions doing exceptionally well. Four teams through to the Sweet 16 from the Pac-12. I think they surprised really all of us. Um, uh, I think they're now eight and one against the spread in their games. Um, Oregon is going up against USC, both teams from the Pac-12 that have been doing very, very well. USC coming off of a huge win against Kansas, a 34-point win, and Oregon coming off of a comfortable win against a very strong Iowa team um, that obviously had a lot of hype coming to the tournament with Luca Garza. Um, what do you think about this matchup between USC and Oregon? I think that Dana Altman has a really good team and 
Oregon, they really like to run it up the court, and they scored a ton of points putting up 95 against Iowa. I really like Chris Duarte and Will Richardson. I think they're a great backcourt, but I think they're going to struggle with Evan Mobley and Isaiah Mobley. Um, They're very good big men, but I do think Oregon's better than USC. Oregon did have the best record in the Pac-12, and they really – they really, both teams really took Kansas and Iowa by the throat. Um, they they completely dominated both of those games. So I think it's going to be a good game, but I really want to see Oregon win Dan Altman go farther in this tournament with his Oregon Ducks. Yeah, Oregon looked very, oh, they both looked very impressive in uh, specifically Oregon against Iowa. Um, they Like Gus said, they had a lot of great uh, players contribute, Figueroa, Will Richardson, and uh, Duarte. But, uh, Problem I, a problem I could see in this next matchup is the bench production. Uh, they only had six bench points in that game, and I don't think they're going to be putting up 95 points again. They could, but I don't see them putting up 95 against USC because USC is a very athletic team, the Mobleys. And, uh, so I think it's going to come down to whichever bench plays better because <clears throat> stars are pretty evenly matched, and it should, it should be another great game, but I think it's going to come down to the bench. Yeah, but I, I also want to say that Oregon um, is a very good team when they get on transition, and their starters have pretty much carried this team since the start. So they've put, kind of put the bench on their back a little bit, and I don't think they're going to be able to. I think I think I don't think they're going to struggle with USC, and I think that they're going to win this game with some uh, convincing authority. All right, two other teams that have surprised us. Well. I know Oregon State at least has surprised us beating uh, Cade Cunningham's Oklahoma State team and a Tennessee team that I don't think any of us really predicted them to win. Um, They had low expectations coming into the season. Uh, Now they've won two games facing a strong loyal Chicago team coming off of a huge win against uh, number one seed Illinois, which is the first one seed to fall so far in the tournament. Um, Very comfortable win too. Uh, What do we think about this matchup? I think this could be an interesting one. Uh, I really want to see Oregon State do big things in this tournament. Uh, Loyola Chicago has already made the Final Four before, and I think Jared Lucas and Ethan Thompson are a fun duo to watch. And throughout this whole season, Oregon State's kind of had this chip on their shoulder as being the 12th-ranked team in the preseason polls for the Pac-12, and I'm loving their run so far. And to see them go on a run farther in this tournament, I'd love to see. And I wouldn't be surprised if they made a Final Four appearance I think that every game they've played so far in the tournament, they've had big plays that give them that like momentum that they need. And uh, in both games that I watched them play, and I never, even when Oklahoma State would start to bring it back, I kind of already knew Oregon State's definitely going to win this game. And I think that if they are able to break down the loyal Chicago defense, then they can definitely win this game. Well, Sister Jean and Loyola Chicago are definitely back, and it was very, it was really fun to watch Crutwig go up against uh, Kofi Coburn, and um, he was still able to get his buckets and had put up a double-double, and he's got very good footwork. He's not the most athletic-looking guy, but he's definitely skilled around the rim. He can finish, and Oregon State doesn't really have anyone like Coburn even, so I think it'll be even easier for Crutwig to get it done inside, and then they led by a great point guard in Norris, and um, I think we're riding with Loyola Chicago here. I think they can get this one, and they're going to go back to the Elite Eight. 
All right, moving on. Uh, two teams that have been very dominant this entire tournament. Um, who I, I mean, I think we all saw that coming. Gonzaga and Baylor. Um, while Michigan struggled a little bit with LSU, and um, obviously Illinois lost. Um, Baylor and Gonzaga have been putting up huge numbers, uh, comfortably winning every game. And now they come up against uh, both against five seeds in Villanova and Creighton. Do we see any trouble here, or do we think that they're going to continue their dominance through to the Elite Eight and potentially Final Four? Uh, I think. Or you can go, Liam. Uh, for Gonzaga, I think it's going to depend on what uh, Creighton team we see. If we see the team that just outplayed Ohio in basically every aspect of the game, then could be some trouble for Gonzaga. Not too much, though, because they're very, very uh, high-powered, Gonzaga is. and But I think if we see that Creighton team that got blown out by Georgetown and they don't come to play, then it's going to get ugly uh, quickly there. And I think <clears throat> for Baylor uh, – Obviously, I picked them to win it all, and I'm sticking with my pick there. I think that Villanova is uh, still a great team without Colin Gillespie, but I think that Baylor is just going to overpower them, and they got too much offensive firepower. So I think Baylor and Gonzaga both get it done and move on. I don't, I don't like to hear the whole Creighton Georgetown um, comparison, like that whole game, as. I think Creighton's a far better team than what they showed in that game. I think Georgetown's run was a complete hoax and that they, as it, as it goes to show, they got blown out by a Colorado team. And I think that Creighton's a very good team and they shoot the ball. Well, Kristen Bishop gets a lot of dunks and I would not be surprised if they have a really close game with Gonzaga. I think Zagorowski and Bala can shoot a lot of threes and if they get hot, then I think they can definitely give, Gonzaga run for their money, um, but I think Gonzaga is going to win that game ultimately because they are the undefeated team this season. I think Mark Few has a good group of guys, and then Baylor on the other hand, they've been playing great. I love their guard play, but I think the key factor in this game is how well um, Robinson Earl plays. If he has a good game, I think Baylor could struggle, and it can be a very close game. But I think ultimately both these one seeds win. Yeah. All right. Um, UCLA, Alabama are playing each other. Alabama coming off of a big win against Maryland where they put up 96 points. Um, although they did allow Maryland to score 77, um, still winning comfortably, though. Uh, what do you think about this Alabama team? Obviously, super high-powered offense, super fun to watch. Um, I think UCLA win, uh, doesn't win this one because they've played three teams that have not been – that weren't very good. Um, BYU is a very – they shouldn't have been a six seed, in my opinion, so that was a pretty easy game. And they also beat a team, Abilene Christian, that um, was an upset over Texas. So I haven't – I don't think they've really been challenged. And I think Alabama, although they haven't been challenged, they've proven themselves throughout the season in the SEC – I think that they definitely beat this UCLA team that has a, a couple of good players on it. Um, but I think UC, uh, Alabama shoots a lot of threes and they kind of just run and gun. And I think UCLA is not going to stand a chance in this one. Yeah, I think Alabama's playing the best ball they've played all year right now. And uh, in the Maryland game, it's hard to lose a game when you make 16 threes and don't miss any free throws. And they also absolutely killed them on the boards, out-rebounded them by 20. And Maryland struggled against them. Maryland was a pretty good team, too, but Alabama just did not miss. And 
even if they don't shoot quite as well, they've just got too much talent and firepower on offense. They're going to get it done against UCLA. All right. Last game, Michigan playing a Florida State team, coming off of a big win against Colorado. Michigan um, coming off of a eight-point win against LSU. I guess a good LSU team, might I add. Um, what do we think about this game? Does FSU stand a chance to knock out the one seed in Michigan? I mean, I think John Howard has a good group of guys. Um, they're obviously missing livers, so that's a key factor in this one. But on the flip side, I think that they've proven themselves this whole entire year. The Big Ten was not a joke, even though it looks like it in March Madness, judging on how poorly they have done. But I think John Howard has a good group of guys, and I think that they can definitely beat this Florida State team. Um, I think Florida State came out of an ACC conference that wasn't very good this year. But they do have players like MJ Walker who can get things done. And I think it's going to be probably the best game in the Sweet 16. And I think that it's going to really come down on who who plays better that day. And I think that either one of these teams can win. But if I was going to pick a team, it would probably be Michigan. Yeah, uh, Michigan struggled a little bit early on against LSU. But um, they got it done. Key buckets from Wagner down the stretch. He stepped it up a little bit. And Brown had 21 off the bench, gave him that spark. And I think if he gives them that spark again, then <clears throat> they'll definitely get it done against Florida State. And I think that Hunter Dickinson, he didn't play a great game. He had a double-double, but he picked up a couple silly offensive fouls, and he's got to play a little bit smarter for them to get it done. But <clears throat> I definitely like Michigan to win this. All right, before I move on from basketball, um, obviously a lot of good teams have been knocked out of this tournament so far. A lot of good players have been knocked out. Are there any guys that you are sad to see go that you wish had stayed for maybe a couple more rounds that you uh, would have liked to see play this tournament? Um, yeah, I'm going to miss watching Mac McClung playing college basketball. Um, he came from right out of D.C. in Gate City, Virginia. I've always really liked his story. He's like a white dude that can jump out of the gym, so that's always fun to watch. And I think that Texas Tech, I had them go to the Sweet 16, and I was sad to see them go. Um, as well as Jason Preston. I love his story, and I think he's a great guard. Sometimes he had a little bit of trouble putting the ball in the net, but I think his vision is just something that's really fun to watch, and his story is great coming um, from averaging two points a senior in high school and taking a gap year at a prep school. And then somehow he finds his way onto the Ohio team as a zero-star recruit. It's just a fun story to listen to. Uh, for me, Miles McBride of West Virginia. He's a great hustler. He's really good facilitator. He can score the ball really well. And uh, he's fun to watch. And also Cam Thomas from LSU, the way he was able to create his own shot and um, – score the ball that easily and put up tons of points again in this tournament. And uh, he's really talented as for a freshman. And uh, obviously Wahab from Georgetown, hate to see him go, but you know, a lot of great players left and we're in for some great games. All right. Now moving on NFL free agency. Um, we're about a weekend, a lot of big stories, Patriots spending big, obviously has been the biggest one. Um, who are our biggest winners and losers so far? Um, to start off, I think a team that's done a really, really good job this year in free agency is the Buccaneers. 
um, coming off of that Super Bowl. They extended Tom Brady, who's probably the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, they re-signed Gronk, and most importantly, they re-signed Shaq Barrett, who's a great pass rusher. And I think that this team looks good for next year. I think they can definitely win their division and um, definitely make a run to the Super Bowl. I'm never going to doubt Tom Brady in my life, so I wouldn't be surprised if they made the Super Bowl again. But I think that they did a really good job this offseason. I think a big winner for me is the Giants. They got uh, Kenny Galladay, who's a very, very talented receiver, and that's exactly what they needed. They needed another good um, offensive piece. Now they got him paired up with Saquon, and hopefully Daniel Jones can get it together a little bit and lead that offense, and I think they can definitely win the NFC East if with all those pieces. And they defense started to look really good last season. So um, also Juju Smith-Schuster showed some loyalty staying with Pittsburgh, turned down the Ravens and uh, Chiefs took a little bit of a pay cut for the uh, Steelers, but uh, also the Dolphins um, added Will Fuller. That's a big, big uh, addition. Get to a, another target, and um, Will Fuller's really good, too. Yeah, but I don't think the Dolphins did a good job. They let a lot of defensive players walk. Um, Van G- the, Kyle Van Noy, I'm pretty sure. Um, he's a very good player. Yeah, Kyle Van Noy. Um, he come, he's coming back to the Patriots. Um, they should never have let him walk, even though he had a little bit of a down year last year. I think he's a great defensive player. And I think that they're going to need a, they should have brought a lot more players back because the AFC East is looking very competitive. Um, of course, after the Patriots brought back a ton of dudes and signed a ton of dudes as well. Um, the bills are also a very good team. So I think that, the Dolphins should have done a little bit more. Um, Will Fuller is a great signing for Tua. And to add on to your comment about the Giants, they also brought in another cornerback, I'm pretty sure. Um, and they're moving Logan Ryan to cornerback, which opens up time for Xavier McKinney. And he's a he was a rookie last year and didn't get too much playing time, but I'm, I'm excited to see him play. And I think that they can definitely win that terrible division. Um, so yeah, yeah. The Bills also got Emmanuel Sanders uh, from the Saints because you know the Saints are in were in bit, really big trouble with the salary cap. So Emmanuel Sanders to the Bills, and the Bills obviously got the MVP, Nickelodeon Most Valuable Player, Mitch Trubisky <laughs> to back up uh, Josh Allen. So I think the Bills will be just as good, if not better, this year with Diggs and Sanders and Cole Beasley, and uh, yeah. So there's that, and I think. As much as I hate to say it, the Saints are a big loser so far because obviously Drew Brees retiring. It's tough for me. And um, they had big salary cap issues. They're paying Taysom Hill a ton of money. And they just got fined $700,000 and lost a couple picks for COVID violations, which doesn't help at all. So, um, yeah. I To touch up on the Patriots, um, they brought in a really good pair of wide receivers for Cam Newton. I think – as for me, as a Patriots fan, it was hard watching Cam Newton last year. It was frustrating at times. He only threw t- single digits in touchdowns, but he ran for a lot. But I like to see touchdowns being thrown. And I think he's a really hard worker. He's a huge dude. And it was kind of a bummer to see him not play so well last year. But I think that now that he has a full year to look at the playbook under Belichick, who's a great coach, and now he also has options with Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne. 
And then he has a pair of tight ends, Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. And he had, he had no tight end last year. I'm pretty sure they were last in tight end targets and a Patriots team that usually targeted, targeted tight ends a ton with Rob Gronkowski and Michael Bennett. Um, they got two really good tight ends this year. And they also helped out on defense with Matt Judon and Jalen Mills and Kyle Van Noy and a couple others. Um, even though they might've overpaid a little bit, I think that their defense is pretty solidified now. Um, and I'm interested to see what they do in the draft. Uh, I, I think they could definitely take a quarterback in Mac Jones, or maybe they look somewhere else on the defensive side or maybe a, another wide receiver. I'm not really sure. They've opened up a ton of possibilities, but I think ultimately Belichick in the office in New England has done a really good job this offseason. Another thing for the Saints is they lost Trey Hendrickson to the Bengals. Um, he led them in sacks last year and played very well. And um, there's still a lot of good free agents left. Casey Hayward, Quinn Dunbar, and um, some still running backs left. And Richard Sherman, hopefully the Saints – they were looking at him, so maybe the Saints get him, help him out a little bit, and yeah. Yeah, well, I'm just excited to see uh, what goes on after the draft. I think that's when you can really break down the offseason. There's so many questions. You see the draft board switching up every single day, and I'm sure I'm pretty sure the draft is in April, um, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's the 29th. I'm let me, sure. let me check that out. Um, it is coming up though. Yeah, it's April 29th. So it's coming up in a month pretty much. So I think it'll be interesting to see what teams do. Um, the top five has really switched up a ton, even though the number one pick is most likely going to be Trevor Lawrence. You do see a really good tight end in Kyle Pitts uh, keep rising his stock, uh, draft stock. He ran something like a 4 4 40 or something insane. or yeah, I think something insane. So he'll be interesting to see where he goes. And then, of course, there's like six good quarterbacks this class. So there's going to be a lot of change in the NFL this year. And um, there's a ton of stuff going on with Deshaun Watson. I'm not really sure what's up there, but we'll see where he lands. And, yeah, I think this is going to be a really fun offseason to watch in the NFL. Yeah, the Jets, talking about the Jets, they got uh, – Tevin Coleman, they got um, Corey Davis, a couple good pieces on offense. That was a really good signing, Corey Davis. I love that yeah. signing for them. And uh, they looked good uh, ending the year last year. And we'll see what they do with, with the quarterback situation, but I think they could definitely improve next year. So, yeah, we'll see. All right, yeah. On the flip side, I know I already talked about the Saints. Um, a lot of teams that we've seen do not so well this offseason. Who are your biggest losers uh, so far now a week into NFL free agency? Um, there's some – there's been, like, some teams. I think the Seahawks, uh, they – I think they could have done a little bit better uh, with sat, uh, satisfying Russell Wilson. I think Gabe Jackson was a good signing, um, but I think that was their best signing. I think – they let a lot of players walk that I don't know if they should have let walked. Um, their defense is looking iffy right now, especially their secondary. They did sign Weatherspoon, if I'm not mistaken, but I just think their secondary doesn't look too good. I think they're a really offensive-heavy team, and I just don't know how they're going to play out this year. I think Pete Carroll is getting 
up there. And I think his play style is kind of washed now. Um, they ended the season pretty poorly last year. And I think that uh, um, <clears throat> Russell Wilson also ended the season poorly in like with the first five weeks, everybody thought he's going to be able to win the MVP and walk away with it, but he kind of choked that one. And I'll just be interested to see. I think if they don't do too well, I think Russell Wilson's definitely going to leave the Seattle area. Uh, I think the bears. Um, uh, yeah, they did they terrible too. They didn't do well at all. They decided to sign Andy Dalton. They're going to roll with him at QB. And you know he's he's not he's not bad. He he can play well, but he's not really the type of guy that's going to lead you to a championship. And I think you know they decided to tag Allen Robinson, and that's in my opinion that's a bad situation because it definitely did not seem like he wanted to be there uh, last year. And I don't think he's too happy be too happy there. So I don't know how that's going to work. But and then I think the Cardinals did really well too. They got JJ Watt. They got AJ Green. They got some more pieces for Kyler Murray. That's can't be bad. So, yeah. And I think the Washington football team getting Curtis Samuel is uh, very yeah, smart. That was move. a big deep. That was a big need. They got two wide receivers in McLaurin and um, Curtis Samuel. I'll be interested to see what they do in the draft. I think they should definitely take a quarterback. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is a one-year guy and I don't think Heineke is very good. Although I love his story. I think that, you can't you can't put a label on him yet, but yeah, I think yeah. that yeah I think that they definitely need a they need to draft a quarterback and I think they should take somebody like Justin Fields or Trey Lance and have them sit uh, sit a year sit on the bench for a year under Fitzpatrick who's a great quarterback I don't think Fitzpatrick ever should have been benched last year he was having a great season last year so it'll be interesting to see what he does in Washington yeah for the Packers it's. They didn't really do too much. They re-signed Aaron Jones and uh, Mercedes Lewis and Kevin King, who's uh, pretty good. But I, it's going to be basically the same team, and I don't think Aaron Rodgers can get it done just with the same team. So, And he's also wants the uh, Packers to commit to him, so you know we'll see what they do. But I don't know. Well, I don't know how good the Packers can be next year. Yeah, they paid they paid um, Jones a ton of money, and I, I think they could have just signed Jamal Williams. Um, I think he's a great running back, and I don't think they needed to uh, spend that much money on Jones. I think they could have let him walk. But, yeah, I think they definitely need to start building a better team uh, around Aaron Rodgers because if he wants to win another Super Bowl, he's going to have a need to – he's going to need to have a better supporting cast, especially on defense. Yeah, back uh, to the NFC South. The Falcons got Mike Davis, which is huge for them because Todd Gurley just started off really strong last year and then, you know, tapered off very, very, very much uh, in the late stage of the season. They ended up moving him back in the depth chart. He was basically a non-factor in their last games. And Mike Davis, we saw what he did when McCaffrey was out in Carolina, and that's a great signing for them. That could be really dangerous with Julio Jones healthy and Calvin Ridley playing really well last year and Matt Ryan, we'll see if he can uh, perform, but that's great. And then Panthers lost Curtis Samuel and that'll be interesting to see what the Panthers do at, with uh, the quarterback situation. So, yeah. Yeah, they can definitely, they're definitely in to pick a quarterback. I think they should also go with Trey Lance. I'm really high on Trey Lance. I think he's a great quarterback. Not every team can sign Trey Lance guys. 
<laughs> All right. Um, thank you for tuning in to episode two of Crunch Time Chronicles. Uh, we will be here again next week talking. Elite know, Eight. Elite Eight, yeah. Um, and maybe talking about a little bit of a NBA trade as the deadline is. Yeah, the deadline is this Friday, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. Oh, yeah, might be. So but, I think Celtics got to make a move for sure. Yeah, we'll be interested to see how many Woj bombs are dropped. So <laughs> stay tuned.